In this episode, I'm talking about a new decarbing technique you might not have considered trying before. I learned about it recently and I had to try it. And it's something that you might not want to use all the time, but is definitely worth having in your arsenal when it comes to making edibles, especially if you want to level up your edibles game for specific recipes. Intrigued? Well, join me for Bite Me, the show about edibles where I help you take control of your high life. And I am your host, Marge. And thank you for being here. I really appreciate having listening ears on this podcast and it makes it all worthwhile. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Glad you're following along. And what's new lately? Uh, the dispensary just had a one year anniversary. The one that I work at, it's been incredibly busy uh, over the over the weekend. And so I am pooped. I'm a little behind schedule on recording and creating and all that kind of thing. But I do have lots of exciting things coming up. And I'm very excited about it. People that I'm lining up to have on the show, and new recipes to try. And some of these recipes are going to be a little less sweet. And as most of you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, I have a sweet tooth. And it's no secret because you may notice that I cover a lot of sweet edibles on this show. And now, while people do have traditionally infused a lot of sweet stuff when it comes to making edibles, there's a whole world of savory stuff out there that is yet to be explored, at least by me on this podcast. I know I could could definitely do more. Well, I decided, and at the time of this recording, it's sort of just after Easter, and I have eaten a god eaten a god awful amount of candy. I made a batch of caramels, infused caramels, of course, which still didn't stop me from eating a whole whack of those. I made them delightfully lower dose because I knew I meant that I could eat uh, a few more than just one and satisfy that sweet tooth while getting high at the same time. So one reason why I love the caramels. But it just, my sweet tooth, as much as I acknowledge that I have one, sometimes it just starts to rage out of control and it just seems like I can never satisfy it. And yes, I was eating a lot of candy, but a lot of the times I'm getting sweets just in the form of things like honey, because I also like to make homemade bread and I make at least a couple loaves a week. And one of my favorite snacks of all time is a fresh slice of bread with butter and honey. And oh, it's so delicious. I just love honey. I love the sweet stuff. And a fresh slice of bread is just like the perfect delivery mechanism for said honey. And what's even even just as good as that? Well, why not uh, heat some of that stuff up in a pan? And instead of honey, use maple syrup and a little bit of egg. And next thing you know, you have French toast. And then you can have maple syrup. I mean, for anybody with a sweet tooth, it's a match made in heaven. But alas, I've been eating far too much sugar, and I feel like it's been getting a little out of hand lately, and I've decided to go on a 30-day no-sugar challenge to myself. And if you're wanting to join me on this, everyone has their own reasons for taking on 30 days of whatever, by all means, send me an email and say, hey, Marge, I'm in. I would love to join you. And I'm not sure what that would mean at this point, but it might just mean the occasional uh, message to say, hope you're still doing well. But I'm going to help if anybody wants to join me on this. I am helping by doing uh, no sugary. I'm not doing any sugary edibles for this particular month. So if you're here for the sweet stuff, I'm afraid you're going to have to go to some of the past episodes that I've done. And believe me, there are a lot of them. This is episode 90. So there's lots of other edibles that you can look at recipes that you can check out as far as sweets go. And you won't be disappointed. But coming up, we're going to have some 
some more savory and salty side as opposed to the sweets. So what are we talking about in this episode? As I mentioned earlier, because I am going sugar-free, I learned about this technique recently, um, and it's called weed washing. And it's kind of interesting when it came up when it did, because I'm trying to, you know, up my game and learn some new techniques, things that I can share with all of you. And Corey from Oregon did leave me a message a while ago about the decarb process and times where we might want to skip it or, or, um, change it up a little bit. And this is one of those instances where weed washing, this isn't skipping the decarb per se, but it is removing all the chlorophyll from your cannabis before you you infuse it. So weed washing is a decarb technique. So this isn't exactly skipping decarbing. And there are times where you want to use this and times when you don't. And essentially what you're doing is you're taking your cannabis and you're washing it. And what does that mean? You put it in a bowl. What I did, I had it in like a big measuring cup. I put it in a bowl. You add ice and then you fill the bowl with water so it covers your cannabis and and you leave it there for 12 hours. Then you strain it. You strain your cannabis. By then the ice will have melted. You'll strain it. You'll see how green that water is. And then you'll do it again. You'll fill the bowl with some more ice. Of course, your cannabis is back in the bowl. You're filling it with ice and uh, water. You're letting it sit for another 12 hours. And you do this over two days. You could probably even go a little longer, but usually by the second day, you've done this maybe about four times, you'll notice that the water is running a lot clearer than it was at the beginning, the first time you, you strained it. So you do this for, like I said, the two days. And then when you are satisfied that it has been washed enough, you're going to drop your cannabis, strain it again, and drop the cannabis in a pot of boiling water for five minutes. And that is going to be your decarb. Then you remove, you strain it again, uh, you know, drain all the water off, and then it's ready to use for your infusion. And what's this, what this is going to do is it's going to remove all the chlorophyll so you don't have that weed taste in your in your um, end product. So what I, I did attempt this and I infused afterwards an olive oil because I was wanting to use this to test it out for a recipe. I'm not going to say what recipe it is yet, but I infused some olive oil with this washed cannabis and then I made a recipe with it. And I should have just tried the olive oil. I don't know why I tried the end product, but um, the thing that I made with the olive oil, it's it was a recipe that had I not washed the weed, the green taste would have definitely shone through because there was just, it was more delicate recipe where um, this is an instance where washing cannabis is, is a perfect use for this kind of thing. And I tasted it and you didn't, I didn't taste any weed at all. Like I said, I should have tasted the olive oil itself and not the final thing, but this is a recipe where it was delicate enough, the flavor that had I used a conventionally infused olive oil, I would have definitely tasted that green taste. And so you're going to want to use this technique when you're looking to create a recipe or an infusion where you really want to make sure you're avoiding that green taste. Now, there are times when you don't want to use this because the wash, wash, 
wash method, which I have to give credit to the nomad, nomad cook. He is a Canadian chef who's going to be traveling across the country this summer doing pop-up dinners. He himself actually credits this technique to Jeff, the 420 chef. You may have heard of both of these gentlemen doing some great things in the cannabis space. And Jeff, the 420 chef is a U.S. based chef who has written books and has a website and also, uh, making beautiful edibles as well. And these two use this method to remove that chlorophyll. But when you're doing that, you're also removing the trichomes and terpenes. So you're, you're not having a full spectrum um, infusion at that point because you have removed the terpenes and the trichomes. And so there are times where a lot of the times people want to try and preserve terpenes with, you know, doing, um, skipping the decarb because they're wanting to preserve those terpenes for a food pairing type of situation where you're trying to bring out the flavors and taste in the cannabis with the food that you're eating. This is not the decarb for that situation because you're removing all that stuff that's giving the cannabis its taste and its flavor. And, removing the chlorophyll is removing it all. So why would you want to do this? Well, the nomad chef and you should, or nomad cook, you should give him a follow on Instagram. He's pretty, pretty active on there. And he was doing videos on this washing technique as well. But he lists a few different reasons why you might want to do this. One, uh, you might be someone who doesn't like the taste of cannabis in your food. And if that's the case, and you don't want to have to worry about tasting it, whether you're making a lighter, more delicately flavored edible, or you're making a classic pot brownie, maybe you just want to make sure that there's no taste whatsoever. Try the weed washing and see if that doesn't get rid of it completely. Maybe you're using bottom of the bag or trim where you're not having to worry about using terpene, like there's really not much in the way of terpenes and trichomes to preserve in the first place. So try that. And uh, great for that lesser quality cannabis that you might have a, a larger quantities of. Or you have poorly grown cannabis with chemicals or weak terpenes. So if you're unsure of the quality of the cannabis that you're using, um, maybe you've noticed there's a term called flushing where they try and at the end of a harvest, they try and flush out the residual can, uh, chemicals that can be in the soil or in the medium. Um, you know, maybe you have that, but you know, it wasn't as well done. So you can maybe taste some of that when you've smoked some of this weed or whatever. So that might be one way because that is one way to, re- to remove some of those additional things through this washing method. And finally, he gives the reason of you may want to hide the butter cannabis flavor from the chlorophyll. Wait, isn't that, is that a little backwards? You may want to hide the chlorophyll from the cannabis butter. Now, now I'm getting it backwards. So in any case, you want to hide the taste of the chlorophyll from your cannabis butter. And so those are four great reasons why you would want to do that. And you know, this can be a fun way. If you make a larger batch, the only thing with that is you're going to want to have it infused pretty quickly because I'm not sure how long that's like wet cannabis is going to last sitting in your refrigerator. It's going to have a, a shorter shelf life for obvious reasons with that higher moisture content. So whatever it is that you're doing, uh, make sure you have a purpose for it in mind. I still have a little bit sitting in my fridge that I probably have to do something with right away because I didn't use it all for my for my olive oil infusion. But it's not going to last forever in there because it is highly susceptible to getting mold, just like any other item that can get lost in the back of your fridge. The other thing to do, which is something I didn't do and I have some regrets, is that I forgot to measure or weigh out the cannabis 
before I put it in the water so that when I was ready to go and infuse it, you know, I had all this wet cannabis and it was sort of hard to decide like, well, how much did I use? Because usually when I'm trying to figure out the potency of something, I have a pretty good idea based on the dry weight before I add it to my to my infusion, to my, you know, if I'm putting in a magical butter machine or butter or, or olive oil, whatever the case might be. So I forgot to do that, which is a bit of a crucial step. So I'm a flying a little blind, which I don't always like doing because sometimes uh, that's where accidents happen and people end up doing a wee bit too much because it's easy to lose track sometimes. So make notes again, if you have a cooking journal of any kind, uh, I really like the gold leaf ones, those cannabis cooking journals that they do. Um, it's a good, t- you know, you can make a note of what you've done in there so that you can keep track or refer back to it next time. And especially if you found or dialed in a potency level that you like, just make note of what it was, how much it was when it was dry. So that's pretty much it for this week, my friends, a little bit short of an episode, but I will be talking about the recipe that I did with this weed washing technique. Just make sure I would recommend if you're going to try it at home, try infusing something like an olive oil or uh, avocado oil would work well too. And the recipe we'll be doing next week, we'll be using that olive oil or avocado oil. And you can try it for yourself and see how you like it. And then that next next week's recipe will form the basis of a few other great uh, recipes as well. So I'm looking forward to that. I am hoping to have the Nomad Cook on the podcast in coming months. And I'm really wanting to pick his brain about these sorts of techniques because this is sort of an area of specialty for him. And I've learned a little bit from him in recent months about one, this weed washing technique and a few other things that I think all of you would enjoy and really like to have in your own repertoire when you're sitting down or I shouldn't say sitting down, but getting ready to make some beautiful edibles in your own kitchen. So try the weed washing. You don't necessarily have to use a lot of weed. If you're un, you know uncertain or you don't want to do a whole whack, then Uh, but you have some shake or some trim or bottom of the bag stuff. Like they said, it's the perfect application for this kind of thing. So try it out. Let me know what you think. You can always email me anytime at bitemepodcast at fastmail.com. If you want to leave a voice message, then you can do that as well through SpeakPipe. I love hearing the voices of people who are listening to the show and you can find that in the show notes as well. And... I think that's it. Until next time, my friends, stay high.